Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. This is episode 49, and today is April 20th. I'm meteorologist Jeff Orgeron, joined by our chief meteorologist Mark Nelson. Hey Mark. Hey, good morning, Jeff. Good morning. We're Yeah, we're finally doing this on the the morning time or in the morning time when I have a little more energy uh, during the afternoons, man, I just crash hard. But um, we're not joined by Camilla today because she's still recovering from the Boston Marathon. Actually, she's yeah. probably already recovered, right? <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. Quickly. Recovery, a recovery day for Camilla after running the Boston Marathon is like, I'm just going to run eight miles today, two days later. You know, we were talking yeah. about her performance on Good Day Oregon and somebody said that she was quoted saying, I wish it had never ended. And man, yes. I would have I would have been dreaming of the end by like mile two, you know? We saw that like, video and she was pumping her. She was doing some fist pumps and she was, yeah. And I read her account of it and yeah, she can tell us later. But it's like just, uh, uh, it sounded like it was a really fun experience. And it's like she said she ran for fun. So fun for her is running the 26 miles. So pretty cool <laughs> stuff, I guess. Yeah, some people are just built differently, and she falls into that category. So, Hey, by the way, Jeff, we should point out to people, um, I am broadcasting from home this morning, podcasting right. from home. So I have a different sort of internet connection. So if you hear some fuzziness or something, um, that would be all via Starlink. We use Starlink here at home, which is great. You know, it didn't blow up, so that's good. Um, there you go. Was that low? Was it a low blow? No. Yeah, a little bit, but it's okay. I, you know, the people at SpaceX were cheering that the rocket blew up because I guess they, it helps them with the research or something True. to that effect. I was joking. Yeah, actually, I, I heard that it was a big deal. Just to, it, it got off the ground and went quite a ways. So good stuff. Speaking of Elon Musk, we may lose our blue check marks <laughs> today, Mark. What? Why today? Uh, Twitter randomly announced that today is the day that <laughs> those legacy verified accounts will be losing their blue check mark. I don't know why today is the day, and I think they said this about two weeks ago, and it yeah. never happened. So I thought it was going to be April first because that was going to be the day, and then mine changed to when I when I went and looked at it within my account, you know, my, my profile or whatever. It said something like, "We are more or less leaving you on because we figure you." give important information or something like that. So I was like, okay, whatever. I don't care. I don't care if there's a check mark or not. I'm going to stay on Twitter, even though it's kind of seems like a little bit of a mess right now, but uh, it's yeah. good information I'd like to give out. So whatever. Exactly. Like if we can give you information on different platforms and you see it there, then good. Um, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is. Um, so let's see. Today is a pretty wet day. Um, Ugh. Yeah, Mark. Mark's kicking himself. We talked about this before the podcast started because I think you said you took yesterday off. Today is Thursday. Yesterday was Wednesday, so you took right. Wednesday off. And you had said previously on Tuesday, yeah, that rain coming in Thursday. Would you say like you'll get through the morning just fine with no rain? Yeah, and I said oh, I'm going to do some stuff on Thursday morning. Actually, I, I had forgotten about this podcast, but I remember thinking, okay, first half of the day will be dry. And I'm looking out my window; it's not dry. <laughs> It just started. I mean, it is very light, but um, the point is, yeah. well, what a warm front type day, huh? With the just a solid Oof. gray, the drippy stuff, no heavy rain, just this drippy stuff. Classic Pacific Northwest rain. A gentle rain that'll water the lawns, make them grow yes. even faster. Um, yeah, and then a cold front will clip the region, it looks like. So the rainfall rates will probably pick up this afternoon, but then things really taper off tonight heading into our Friday morning. And Frankly, Friday through Sunday don't look all that bad, those three days. Um, and Saturday is kind of a wild card because 
What? What are you laughing Is that about? what we've reached now? That's is the level we've reached in this in a spring like this where you say, frankly, they don't look that bad. Instead well, of saying they look great, we we can't even say something looks great yet, but th- that'll be coming. But um, it's just funny how we. That's are. how I phrase it when four out of nineteen days have been dry this month. Yeah, and one day has featured a temperature above average. That's it's been a, and I don't mind it. I'm from a, a very hot desert. I spent like twenty plus years in the the Coachella Valley of Southern California, and I I love this kind of weather, but. No, I get it. I mean, it can be relentless. It tests our patience. And um, But, man, um, let's get into Saturday. There is much better weather coming next week, it looks like. But Saturday is a wild card, Mark, because uh, we, we tend to look at the forecast. Um, we, we, we really like to look at those 5,000-foot temperatures or 850-millibar temperatures, what, roughly where the temperatures are going to be at about 5,000 feet in elevation. That helps us get an idea of what it's going to be like down at the surface. We can kind of, you know, use one of our charts to get an idea. And so on Saturday, it does look like it's going to be pretty cloudy to start the day. I was looking at the latest IBM graph model earlier this morning. And what I was seeing, a couple models were lining up this way. We could end up seeing more filtered sunshine or even partly cloudy skies Saturday afternoon. And if those 500 or 850 millibar temperatures are pushing around five to seven degrees, degrees Celsius, that is, um, man, it could get pretty warm out there. Sure. And it's funny because we have had such a cold spring, coldest in Portland since 1975, by the way. Um, we, it's been so cold that it's hard for us to kind of think like, okay, normally at the end of April, it can easily jump into the upper 60s or touch 70. But this year we've had trouble even getting above 60. So it seems so abnormally warm. But you're right, Jeff. All it takes is the atmosphere overhead to warm a little bit. And if we get a few breaks in the cloud cover, mid to upper 60s of course if it stays totally cloudy saturday probably what low to mid 60s yeah yeah somewhere in there um and you know an example of or just kind of like a way to think about the fact that our sun angle is increasing and it's we have stronger sunshine this time of year Mm -hmm. after it rains and we catch some sun breaks do you see all that steam coming off the road and the sidewalks um i love it because you see that this time of year but it's if the same thing happens in september you don't see the steam because, you know, the ground and everything is warmer. So, yeah, I do love that in springtime. That sun, well, what is it? It's, what, two months away from the summer solstice. So that would be the same as uh, late August, the sun angle. Yeah, that's actually true. We are right about two months away from the longest day. And when we say longest day of the year, the, the most amount of daylight hours in a day, that, that happens around the summer solstice. And yeah, and we're... the highest highest sun energy, too. I mean, that's the most amount of energy we get from the sun at any one time is right in late June. And you know what? Actually, Mark, last this past Tuesday, so we're, again, we're recording this on a Thursday. I think Tuesday was our first 8 o'clock p.m. sunset. So that's the right. sunsets are getting later and later. And you're probably noticing that even on some of the cloudier evenings. And those um, sun, sunrises are happening earlier and earlier. I think this morning our sunrise was at 616 in the metro area. So, um, yeah, it's we're, we're definitely entering the warmer time of year, the drier time of year. And, man, the long-range forecast is screaming that. So let's kind of dive into that. Um, you and I both have been mm-hmm. hesitant, kind of approaching the forecast conservatively because it's kind of um, bit us in the you-know-what the past few weeks um, yeah. where we think You've it's going to warm up. I say yeah. you, right, because uh, I was on vacation, but didn't this happen twice where we saw ridging up ahead and then you had to pull back, right? One was the Easter debacle, right? 
Right. Actually, I was off around that time um, as well. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it, we, we, we speak as a weather team here. And, yeah, it, it, it kind of – it was one of those classic scenarios where the models are hinting at a warm-up and then they back off and it gets back into a cool trough scenario. And But, no, this one, there is not just computer model guidance or computer model agreement, but when we look at the ensembles, which are – Basically, the computer models tweaked various ways, like 30 to 50 times. And mm-hmm. man, averaging those out, it is going to get it's going to get warm next week. And if we could go five to six days without rain, potentially. Well, that's that's crazy talk, right? It is. I it did is. look. I know you've looked at the same stuff. I just looked at the uh, the overnight Euro Ensemble numbers, the GFS and the Canadian, and they're all about the same between next Wednesday and Friday. Uh, the 15 millibar temp that's temperature at 5,000 feet um, between in Celsius between plus seven to plus 13 those are the ensemble averages um, and just for comparison if we have sunshine and offshore flow a plus five will get us to 70 yep. a plus 10 gets us into the upper 70s or could touch 80 and a plus 15 gets us that's record territory uh, if we were to get a plus 15 um, that's 85 degrees in fact I have this chart. Sometimes I call it Mark's magic chart. It's not magic, but um, just compares 850 millibar temps at Salem each afternoon from the sounding um, with what actually happened in Portland that day, the high temperature. And the highest we've seen, this was from 92 to 2009. I haven't updated it, but the highest was a plus 17. And that day got us to 90 degrees. That was our warmest ever April day. And I'm looking. So those are the ensemble averages. When we see those, as you kind of said, Jeff, when we see the averages that high up to plus 10, um, if they don't back off, I think there's a decent chance we have our first 70 and our first 80 within the same period, somewhere between Tuesday and and Friday. Right. And so we haven't hit a 70-degree day, or we haven't had one this year. In fact, the last time that PDX recorded a 70 was, or 70 or greater reading was back on October 20th. Um, I did the math this morning. That was 180 degrees, or excuse me, 180 days. Ouch! Ago. Yeah, and um, that's not a record for you know consecutive days below 70 degrees. But man, if we didn't have that late year warm up last October, if it played out a little more normally, mm-hmm. we'd probably be in record territory. You know, for longest stretch of sub 70 degree days. Um, so. One more thing. Um, our first 70-degree reading usually arrives mm-hmm. early April. Our first 80-degree reading usually arrives around early to mid-May. So we're past due for our first 70, and we're kind of approaching the time when we could see an 80. So this is lining up climatologically, and um, so we're kind of going for it now. That's right. So if we have our first 70 – let's say that happens next week. Our first 70, and we have our first 80 – um, the 70 will be like, yeah, it's a little bit overdue. The 80 will be like, oh, it's a little bit early. Um, but it's interesting if you look back the last, except for last year, we didn't hit 80 till June 2nd. Cause remember we had the cool and wet April and May. Yep. But then a uh, year after year before that, we were, um, earlier, May 10th is the, the, um, average, the, the 30 year average for the first 80. And, um, the previous, at least seven years before that, we hit it before May. A lot of times we've hit 80 in April recently. So it, it, if we have 80 next week. It won't be like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? This is climate change. No, it's like it was probably going to happen. So, um, yeah, it'll be quite a change, though. What two, We just had two days in the low 50s. That is so cold. I know. I know. And 
you know, uh, Iowa Lease was over at the um, Wooden Shoe Tulip Festival in Woodburn mm-hmm. this morning, and uh, the person that she was interviewing was saying they they still haven't seen the tulips peak. So that's peak really bloom, late. Yeah, peak bloom is still. They said I think several days away. So this is going to be really good timing because with the warmer, drier, sunnier weather that we're anticipating next week. There's going to be some really good opportunities to go out and enjoy the tulips and other things that you like to do outside. Yeah. You know, I just looked at the uh, the morning GFS and the gym model that's Canadian. The Euro's not out yet. They both got a plus 10 on Tuesday afternoon. It's kind of northerly or slight offshore flow. That could get us to 70 on Tuesday even, if that were correct. I was, I was thinking about Tuesday, and um, yeah, it's just – it's tough because – there's not complete consensus on if it was going to be that warm. So I agree. I agree. We got to, we're, we're easing in. We, if you've been burned twice, it's like, you know, we don't, we don't want to, uh, we don't want to over promise and under deliver. Right. Right. But we, we could very much be approaching this too conservatively. So that 71 that we have in there for Wednesday, um, you may see Mark bump that up later on. Dang. Um, look at, uh, look at the GFS on uh, Thursday and Friday next week, a plus 16 and a plus 17. The gym has a plus 14 and a plus 18. The, the, these are the operational models. Operationals, so. Yeah. so yeah, so that makes me think, okay, mm-hmm. there's a very decent, there's a very decent chance we hit uh, 80, but uh, we will see still five. How many days out is that? Today's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. still five to six days out. So the risk is still there to overplay it. We will see. And there are probably some marathon runners listening to us. I know Drew Reeves is going to be running in, is it the Eugene Marathon? On That's Saturday? right. Uh, it's so not the Saturday, but the following. Uh, the, the 29th yes. and 30th of April. Right. Yes. A week from this Saturday. 30th. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, that would be the last day of the month, right? The 30th. Or yes. is it Sunday? Sunday's the 30th, Mark. Yeah, Sunday is the 30th. I'm okay, sorry. So a week from we're, we're talking past each other. <laughs> Our minds are racing past each other. Yes, it's Sunday the 30th in Eugene in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and we don't know. I mean, it may be mild, or we may have onshore flow, and it's 62 that morning. Yeah, so we'll have to wait or, and see. But it's it's not going to be 49 and raining all day, I don't think. So, Or um, will it? <laughs> oh, now that I said something. Negative. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's kind of what we can expect for the next 10 days you know you know right now oh go ahead i I think well i was just going to say kind of the big picture is regardless even if we didn't hit 80 we had three days in the 70s it's very clear that we're leaving the cold wet pattern at least for a few days or a week i mean we're clearly gonna it's gonna feel more like late april and may finally um even if even if these temperatures aren't nearly as warm as what we're showing all models show some sort of ridging for about a week um, and we don't know if we return back into the cool pattern again in May. We don't know that yet. But um, either way, there's going to be sweet relief and people that have been waiting for some sort of nice, warmer spring weather above average temps. We think that we feel pretty confident that's coming. And if you're not like an ultra, ultra weather nerd, the latest snowfall that we've seen at PDX on record was April 12th. And that was a freakish event last year. That was like yeah, the right. perfect setup. So we're done with lowland snow. I think, Mark, are you going to pull out the fork this year? No, the, the fork would have been done in March. The fork is for winter. The fork we can get spring snow. That's not un that's not unheard of. So um, no, the fork was long gone back in March. Yeah, I actually think you may have been off when you probably wanted to do it, but it's okay. Um, yeah, it was early so, March, I think. Uh, so that's what you can expect over the next seven to ten days. You know, a wet day today, of course. You're probably going to listen to this after the day is over, and then better days heading into the weekend. Maybe some isolated showers here and there. More dry stretches of weather than wet. And then 
Uh, next week, we're going to be drying out and warming up, and then probably going to be shifting. You know what? It, what's crazy, Mark, is I was looking at the Climate Prediction Center's temperature outlook, and mm-hmm. um, they're keeping the above-normal temperature bullseye over the northwest through May 3rd. Um, so perhaps— That makes sense. That could be. Yeah, perhaps more ridging on the horizon. Who knows? Um, okay, let's talk way long-term. You were you were kind of hinting at oh, some yeah. El Nino stuff before we started this podcast, and I was like, "Wait, you? We got to talk about." You actually said we got to talk more about this stuff in the podcast. So why don't you why don't you take it away, Mark? And in fact, I teased this in the last podcast. I think that was weeks ago. Wait, yeah, that was weeks ago before I went on vacation. So uh, yeah, it's um, models and, and for one that La Nina is dead. It's gone. There is a global. El Nino watch now, which means um, El Nino conditions are probably going to develop across the tropical Pacific, which is a warming of those waters near the equator. And when the water warms up, especially when it's a dramatic warming and, and well above average, that affects weather patterns all around the globe. That's why we care. Otherwise, you'd say, why do I care what the temperature is of the water in Tahiti? But um, so um, it clearly, it looks like El Nino is developing. Hasn't happened yet. But the latest models are just out, and this is for that, what we call the ENSO 3.4 region, which is kind of the middle of the tropical Pacific that's kind of used as a, as a guide, a marker for are we in La Nina, El Nino, or what. And um, it's interesting, the, um, the statistical model average is now um, forecasting a weak to moderate El Nino by late summer, early fall. And the dynamical models, which are just, it's a different way that they do the modeling, moderate to strong El Nino. I mean, some models are showing a strong El Nino. So point number one is we're probably heading towards an El Nino in the fall and for next winter. Point number two is it's there is a well-known what's called the spring forecast barrier in the models yes. between like March and let's say June, these next two months. Models, there have been times where models forecast a certain thing and it just doesn't turn out, you know, like expected. They just, for, for whatever reason, I forget what the reasoning is, but it's kind of a time of change in the Pacific that time of the year. So, um, so we're kind of hesitant, you know, to say, oh my gosh, it's going to be this amazingly strong El Nino. But most models are forecasting some sort of El Nino for late summer, fall, and winter. I don't think there's much effect on our summer weather. I mean, it's kind of a tenuous connection to our winter weather and, and summertime. I think it's all over the board. So I I don't think we can say much about this summer based on that, but we can make some generalizations, right, about next winter. Right, and I think that folks that are sitting at home or driving in their car listening to the podcast right now are thinking, okay, Mark, what does that mean for us? What are we going to see next winter? Um, <laughs> well, on December 10th, we'll get some, some showers, and December 12th, the Arctic air will come. No, just kidding. <laughs> Right. I think in general, the, the biggie is in general, we tend to have mild winters during these El Nino winters. If you take the whole winter as a whole, my gut feeling is, you know, we had a cooler than normal winter this year. Did Was the last one cooler than normal as well? We've had three La Nina winters. I think this one may be different. My gut feeling, remember what we had in January where it was just kind of mild. We didn't have any snow anywhere nearby. We had some weather systems. It was kind of wet, but nothing really happened that was that exciting mm-hmm. in January. It was kind of a nothing month. We could yeah. see a lot more of that throughout the winter this coming year. That said, some El Ninos, because the uh, sometimes if it's a really strong El Nino, that subtropical jet will aim up at us and we get more flooding and, and, and uh, just more weather action, but it's coming up from the southwest, so very mild stuff. We tend to get more rain on snow events in the Cascades. We don't get that beautiful cold snow as often. You know, this is average through the winter. So it's just kind of a milder 
a lot of times, well, sometimes wetter than normal, but some El Ninos are drier than normal. We get ridging to our north in British Columbia and that blocks storms. They'll, kind of a splitty pattern. Sometimes uh, El Ninos will have a real split flow. So it's milder, but it's also much drier than normal. So it's it, milder, I think, is almost assured. Whether it's drier or wetter than normal, we're not sure. I think there's a better chance for flooding because we have warmer systems. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's very unlikely we have a cold winter coming up. Now, I remember one big El Nino, 97, 98. I think that was a really powerful El Nino. The whole winter was mild, like I described, but there was a three-day period where cold air got sucked in through the gorge, and we had an amazing snow and ice storm for three days. And then I remember shoveling the snow when it was 50 degrees and partly cloudy right after that. I mean, it immediately warmed back up again. So we can get one storm, one cold snow event, like we had at Christmas time. That could still happen, and then we go right back into the warm stuff again. So we can get a brief event, even in a warm El Nino winter. So let me kind of um, summarize and simplify a little bit here. Thank you. His, history <laughs> history tells us that El Nino patterns tend to favor higher precipitation in the southwest United States as right. opposed to the northwest. And we also end up more often than not seeing warmer than cooler, you know, like – for instance, right. uh, we don't tend to see like La Nina really cold, long spells of cold weather and right. really impressive snowpack in El Nino years um, like we do in La Nina years rather. But what you're saying is there have been years that have gone against the norm. And this, this year is a classic example, by the way, or this last winter where La Nina tends to favor more winter weather, better snowpack, colder temperatures to the north and less rainfall and mountain snow to the south. Look what happened in California. Basically a drought-busting rain and mountain snow um, that they've had. So, you know, we're, we're the way that meteorologists tend to see these outlooks, when we see El Nino, we think, okay, um, more often than not, we're probably not going to see the impressive snowpack in the Pacific Northwest. We're probably not right, going to have right. major Arctic air dumps. Um, it just doesn't favor that as often. So... Um, that, that's what I would, if you want expectations, that's what I would go into an El Nino thinking, but don't be surprised if something else happens. I think here's a number one thing in my mind, considering we've gone through this several times recently, um, El Nino Februarys and Marches usually are very mild. I, I think it's very unlikely we have these low elevation snow events like happen over and over again this next February and March. More more likely we have some false spring weather and we have lots of 50s or low 60s in March. It might be wet, but it'll be milder. We're not gonna. I, I just think like where I live at a thousand feet, I better get far less of this morning snowfall stuff in those months. Yeah, and on that same subject, I think next mid-April we probably won't see skeeble right. saying. Yeah, we're we're playing it weekend by weekend because we have so much snow, you know. Right. Um, they'll probably just history tells us they probably won't have an extended ski season. But most likely, let's hope yes. that's wrong. Let's, of course, we hope sure. we're going to be wrong here because we don't want the ski ski resorts to suffer. And um, so that yeah. that is your first El Nino update of 2023. We're going to talk lots more about it as we head towards next winter. I'm sure. Right. Keep and you updated. I know a lot of you have been posting on our Facebooks and Twitter and, you know, you're hearing rumblings about El Nino. Um, we're going to have a better sense of what's coming and what the expectations are once we get past this spring block that Mark described a little while ago. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to next week. We have been itching to get these little starters put in our, you know, in our backyard in the ground or at least in bigger pots to sit on our deck. So it's, 
it's nice that we're going to be able to do some gardening finally. Finally, um, what, yes. What, yes. Yeah, and I assume it's been too wet. Um, are you getting your uh, slug bait ready to go, Mark, up in Corbett? I- I just did some yesterday because I planted a, a lily bulb that was coming out of the ground. I just stored it like in a pot for the winter because I, I have a, something called voles, little mice that will eat those bulbs if I leave them yep. in the ground. So I just put it in the ground and I'm like, oh, yeah, where's the slug bait? First time this season. But, yeah, we're going to need that <laughs> coming up for sure once things start growing. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, yeah, everybody enjoy you know the mild conditions this weekend and certainly the warm-up coming next week. Our plan is to be right back here with another edition of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast, hopefully by next Thursday, and we'll hopefully bring it to you uh, live on the website by Ooh. late in the day and into Friday. It'll uh, be like the heat wave special. Yeah, we're going to be probably right in the midst of that heat wave, that April heat wave, which is not technically a heat wave, but it'll feel like it considering it's been so cool lately. So, uh, Mark, have a great day at work. and uh, I sure will. Weekend, and <laughs> yeah. I'll be... Uh, I'll be hanging out at home, and yeah, we'll be talking to you all soon once this weather starts to improve. See you then. All right, see you. Please tell us.